What a great day to praise God. Amen. It's good to see you this morning. It's great to be together. I appreciated those songs as we were able to exalt our God. Uh, if you're visiting with us today, we want you to know we're glad that you're here. You're our honored guest. We want to encourage you to come and be back with us. If you're looking for a church home, we would love for you to join us as well. Uh, last week and this week, we're focusing on in involvement of our members. And we've uh, been walking through the idea of God's expectation of us. We saw last week uh, that disciples are members of the body of Christ. And we see that if, just as every member of our body is important, every member of the Lord's church is important. And for them to actively be involved is what we're called to do. Uh, last Sunday night, we looked at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12, where it says that the purpose of the church is to equip every member for the work of ministry. And that's what we want to be about at Southgate, is we want to help every individual that comes here and says, I want to be a part of the Lord's church to find a way to plug in, to be involved, uh, and to make sure that they are giving back to the Lord and to his kingdom. And we're striving to do that. Now, to equip people for the work of ministry in 2023 looks a little bit different than it has in the past. Uh, in 2023, we've got a lot of resources and a lot of ways to help uh, each other be involved, to connect to communicate, to make sure we can get the word out when work needs to be done. And the reason we've been talking about this is this morning, we're gonna uh, sign up, we're going digital with our involvement form. Uh, today, we talked about last week, I wanted you to be praying about today. Uh, be praying about your life and where you are in different stages of life. We have different abilities to be involved, but God's called all of us to be involved. And as we fill out the form today, those of us that are members to seriously consider what can I do? Uh, I'm excited about opportunity for some people to say, you know what, I'm going to stretch and maybe I'm going to do something I haven't done before. I'm going to reach out of my comfort zone. I'm going to try to serve in a greater way. We're going to have that ability to do it today. Uh, to get today ready has been a lot of work. Uh, there's been a lot, messing with technology is not much fun, but we've got some men, not I, but we've got some men that have put in hours and hours getting this set up. And what it's going to do is it's going to enable us to be able to, at a moment's notice, uh, sit out information. Uh, those that are deacons or over specific works will be able to sit there and bring up their information very easily and very quickly. I think it'll make us more efficient as a congregation as we strive to serve other people. Uh, so we're going to be, as we're doing it that, we're looking for everyone to sign up. I'm excited about what can happen. I hope that you'll take an opportunity to step up your involvement as well. For our lesson this morning, I wanted to go along those lines, and I wanted to look at some reasons to be involved. I actually have 10 reasons to be involved. Usually don't have 10 points. What does that mean? They're going to move very quickly. And uh, we've got a scripture. Uh, as I walk through scripture saying, why should somebody make sure uh, that they're involved this morning? The first thing I'd say to you is, it's what Jesus did. Mark chapter 10. Look at what Jesus said in Mark chapter 10. Jesus called them over to him and said to him, you know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them. And their great ones exercise authority over them but it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. And then look at what Jesus says in verse 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus comes and he gives us a perfect example. 
Jesus comes and he's the one that is members of his body. He is our Lord. He is the one that set the example. As a disciple, what am I going to try to do? I'm going to try to follow him. And what did Jesus show us? Jesus showed us that the road to greatness and the importance of what we're doing is to go and to be servant leaders. Jesus came and he was going to give. Jesus came and he was going to sacrifice. But you know what he was also going to do? He tells those guys around him, I didn't come here to be served. I didn't come here to say, what can somebody else do for me? I came to say, what can I do for those around me? He's our savior. He's our example. He's the one we follow. So as we follow him, we need to always remember that he was the one who's called us and set the excellent example of serving one another. I'd also say I want you to get involved because it's the calling of every disciple. Every disciple is called to serve within the church and to utilize their talents and their resources. That's what we were looking at last week. We're called to be servants of God. We just read Romans chapter 12. Look at that passage once again when he says, look, it's just like what we saw in Paul's letter to the Corinthians. But he says in one body we have a lot of members. All members don't have the same function. Same thing in the body of Christ. Within the church that belongs to Christ, there's a lot of folks. But look at verse 6, the call. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. What's the encouragement? He says, look, we're all part of a body. Make sure that you are using them. Are you using the things that God has given you in order to bring him glory and to exalt him? That's the call. That's what we've been asked to do. That's what he's looking for us to do. As you see some examples there in verse 7, what does he say? If it's in service, then in our serving. If it's in teaching, then in teaching. The one who exhorts or encourages with exhortation. The one who contributes in generosity. The one who leads with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. When you see that list, those ideas of involvement may be a little bit different than what you think about. All of those may not be on our form. I don't think we've got a box that says, hey, I will encourage people. I will exhort people. But that's a box we need to be checking. That's something that as you come and you say, look, when I come to gather with God's people, who can I pick up? Who's somebody that I can encourage? Maybe it's that young mother or that young father that's trying to raise their kids and say, I'm going to come with the purpose of encouraging them. Or maybe it's going to be one of our older members and you say, you know what, I want to make sure they know that they're appreciated. But the idea of coming and encouraging other people, giving mercy, wasn't that something? When you see somebody and say, look, I'm going to be a merciful people, person as I interact with other people. When it comes to giving, you say, look, if I've, God has given me this wealth, then I'm going to use this for other people as well. But we know that it's the calling of every disciple. We've already seen a passage that refers to my third one. But Jesus is going to, we're going to have it in a number of different gospels. Why would I tell you to be involved? Because it's the greatest. It's the greatest. You know what I used to think? I used to think as a member of the church and as a Christian, I made a commitment to God. And what I needed to make sure that I did is I needed to make sure that I followed through on my commitment. That was an important thing. But the way that we see involvement, I think, is equally important. Because what I saw involvement was, hey, it's a job. It's a job that I have. Why? Because I committed to God, therefore I just have a job. You could even go on to say, well, it's an obligation. As I think about what God did for me, I am obligated to fulfill these various roles. And as I would look at this idea of involvement was, look, I've got to do these things. Why? Because I'm giving back to God in every way. And this is another mistake that I made. I thought that I was giving to God or sacrificing for him. 
and I was wrong. I think if you look at this involvement form as just a job, you're missing something. If you look at what you do at the church as just an obligation of something that I'm supposed to do, you're missing something. And if you think by signing up this morning and checking off different things that you can do for God that you're giving to him, I would challenge you to think that you're missing something there as well. At CYC this year, we got to the last night and usually we have a late night service and our young men spoke. And uh, Nathan and a couple of the other guys were speaking in that time and I sat back as a parent listening to my child. And he said, well, growing up, I guess Nathan was about nine whenever I started preaching. So before that, we were involved. He said, but growing up, we were always at Murray Christian Camp or at Horizons or at CYC, being involved in different church congregations. And he then went on to sort of just talk about where he was uh, as a Christian and what he thought about God. And I got humbled as I was listening to that because all of those different things that we had been involved in, I thought that I was sacrificing planning the Bible Bowl and traveling to Cookville and giving up that Saturday and the different times that you would have that or going to different devotionals or going to different camps and giving up multiple weeks of my summer in order to do something. Maybe I thought that I had a job or an obligation or something that I was called on to do and I was trying to give to God. And as a parent, what I realized is at the end of my life, I would give up everything I had to hear my child say that God's the most important thing in their life. I'd sell the house, I'd sell my car, I'd sell anything that I owned, I'd give it all up if I knew that that child was gonna be able to head into eternity. And I thought, I haven't given anything. God has given everything to us. God wants to give to you. God wants your life to be better than it's ever been. He wants your marriage to be stronger. He wants inner peace to be in your life. He wants you to have joy. He wants you to understand purpose. He wants you to have greatness in this life, but it has nothing to do with you and it has nothing to do with me. When we come to give to him, really what he's doing is our God is giving back to us. Look what Jesus says there in Matthew 23. The greatest among you will be your servant. Okay, well, I've got a job, but look at what he says. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. If you walk through this life and it's gonna be all about you, you know what happens in life? We get humbled because our selfishness will bring us to a point that we're gonna be brought low. But he says, if you'll humble yourself, we'll be exalted. Because God's the one who's going to lift us up and bless us in every way, and he wants to bless us in the greatest way, and I believe that greatness comes only by coming a servant of God, and then God is gonna to decide to exalt his servants. Galatians chapter six, verse nine tells us this. Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Why is it the greatest? Because you're going to come and maybe you think this morning, well, I'm going I'm to do some more things for God. And I hope that's what you're thinking. But I hope you realize that what's going to happen is you're going to decide this morning what you want to put in the ground, what you want to plant. 
And just as people right now are harvesting all kinds of things from their garden, their garden is only as big as they decided to plant earlier in the spring. And as we look at what we do for God, you sit there and think, oh, well, maybe it's an obligation, maybe it's a job. I would tell you it is the greatest opportunity to invest your life in what really matters than anything else. You're going to put your life in something that is going to humble yourself. I'm going to give up the things that I thought. I'm going to commit myself to God, and then I'm going to watch what he does. Why? Because God is a giver. The fifth reason I tell you to be involved is it'll make you happy. Whenever I go on different trips and you go on a mission trip, you know where people are? Greatest week of my life is what I've heard time and time again while they're going to serve and they say, this is something that makes me happy. When you go on one of our disaster relief trips and you go down there and they're handing out food and they're taking care of people that are going through difficulty, you know what they are? They're happy. So many of you have experienced it when you go to camp and maybe you give up a a week of your vacation and you go and serve kids and folks that are working in the kitchen or going out and working uh, with camp, what's happening? They're happy, why? Because when we start to serve, we find what our real purpose is about. And the happiest people I've met in life are those that said, look, I found something that I can give back to God and I'm going to give myself fully to it. And they make a decision to do that. You know, some of the most miserable people I know in life is those that are saying, I need somebody to come and take care of me. And all they're thinking about is what others are not doing for them. Our theme verse this year is John 15, verse 8. When Jesus says, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. What we do is going to show whether we're a disciple of Jesus, but we've been stopping and I want you to see why it makes us happy. It's because that's what Jesus tells us it will do. Continue reading on. What does he say? As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. He says, look, I love you. And let me show you, let me define love for you. A love, whenever it comes from God, is that I'm going to listen to what God says and I'm going to obey him instead of what I'm thinking. I'm going to obey him instead of what the world's saying. I'm going to come and do the things that he has asked me to do. Why? Because I love him. But look at what Jesus says is the result of that at the end of that passage. Verse 11, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. How happy are you right now with your life? Could it be sometimes we're not really happy because we've been chasing the wrong things? We've been looking for something else for us. We've been thinking about what we can get for ourselves instead of thinking about greatness and thinking about how can I just be the man or the woman that God is calling me to be? How could I bear him fruit? And then you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna trust him to bring me the joy that the rest of the world is searching for. You know what Jesus says? I can give you joy and your joy will be full. I want you to have the joy that I have. And that wasn't because everything was gonna work out in this world in a physical way for Jesus. He was going to come and sacrifice and be sacrificed. But his joy was never going to be taken. So if we're involved, if we're disciples, if we're bringing fruit like our Lord did, what's going to happen? Joy is going to come into our lives and it will bring us the happiness that we so desperately want. Number five, what would I tell you? Be involved because others need you. 
I think of our children, I think of our education program and how important it is that we make sure people know what God's Word says. Matthew 19, Jesus says, let the little children come to me. Don't hinder them for such belongs the kingdom of heaven. When you start seeing different things on there, you're going to have an opportunity to say, look, we're going to pass on our faith to the next generation. And our involvement, that's a big thing that we do is that we pass on that faith so that it can continue on. You can be involved and our children need you. The lost needs you. John chapter 4, verse 35. Jesus says, don't say there's yet four months and then the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see the fields that are white for harvest. All the different things that we're doing, we're trying to equip each other so that when others come here, we're ready to be able to share the gospel with them. We're ready to be able to talk to them, to study with them, to bring them in to a fully functioning family that can meet their needs in such a way that they say, look, I've got to be a part of that congregation. Why? Because as soon as I come in, they have so many things that have been set up in order to help and to bless me. Matthew 9, you see Jesus doing the same thing as he looked out of the crowds and he had compassion on them. They said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. God has always been looking for people to be involved. He's always been saying, is there somebody else that will step up and work for the kingdom? I would say number six, be involved because you were made for this. You were made for it. As I mentioned, there's way too much chasing in this world where we think that we're made just to make another dollar. We think we're made just to go be involved in some form of recreation. We think we're involved just to take care of ourselves and the things that are around us. And we miss that, no, that's not what you're made for. When you chase all of those things, everything else that you could be chasing, you're going to leave behind one day. But what we're made for is to be involved in the work of God. Ephesians chapter 2, we looked at it last week. We know that for by faith we've been saved through grace, that not of ourselves. It's the work of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. We can't come in here and say, well, on my involvement form, I've checked enough boxes, and that's going to make it where I can be right with God. That's not what it's about. We're saved through faith by God's grace. But when you understand that, you also understand, look, God made you for something. He says, we are his workmanship. He formed you. He made you with your strengths. He made you with different abilities and talents. And he has set you up and he says, look, you are made to do these things. My question to you this morning is, do you think you're fulfilling God's purpose for your life with what he made you to do? Or have you gotten lazy? You know what you weren't made to do? You weren't made to watch. You weren't made just to sit back and not say anything. You weren't made to look around and just see everything happening and then not be involved. He made you for good works, for good things, so that you can be happy, so that you can be blessed, so you can fulfill your purpose, so you can say, that was exactly what I was made to do. He wants to give you all of those things, but you have to decide to give yourself to what you were made to do. Number seven, be involved. Why? Because people don't really care what you believe as much as they watch what you do. 
You can say that you're a Christian. You can say that you believe in Jesus. You can say that you're a a member of a congregation. But you know what people are really going to do? They're just going to watch you. What are you doing? What are your actions? You think about outsiders, your neighbors, people that you're working with. They're watching and they know Most likely, if they're around you, they know what you're involved in or not because we usually talk about what we're involved in. Colossians chapter 4 verse 5 tells us, walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of your time. Are you involved to the extent that other people are saying, like, y'all have Bible study on Wednesday night? What's that about? You're not going to play in that ball game because it's on Sunday? What do you mean? You went on that trip? What was that trip about? Oh, the back to school giveaway? That's where you were yesterday? Yeah. As we go and we're involved in different things, people are going to see what we're doing. And if you just sit down and go, well, here are my beliefs, they may not really care about what your beliefs are, but they'll respect what you do. They'll understand what you think is important because they're watching us. They're not always looking for another sermon. They're looking for people who say, you know what? That's what he's really about. I know why, because I don't know. It seems like every time we talk, there's something else that's going on over there. There's something else that he or she is involved in, and it's so very, very key. When does that get very important with your children? Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. It's going to be true with your grandchildren as well, and if you want to inspire other people, If you want to get people to say that's something worth living for, then you find your role in the kingdom. You find your purpose. You decide you're going to go and humble yourself. You're going to strive after the greatness of servant leadership. Your life is going to be filled with joy because of those things. You're going to feel a sense of fulfillment because you're fulfilling your purpose. And you know what your children and you know what your grandchildren need to see? Somebody says that's what she was about. That's what he's about. Because they won't always be convinced by our beliefs, but they're always going to be influenced by our behavior. So as you think about your involvement form this morning, you think about your involvement. Don't think about what you can tell somebody and say, well, this is what I believe. Think about this is what I'm showing them. And your children know if it's a priority. They know if Bible study is a priority. They know if worship's going to be a priority. They know how much of a priority it is. And as you give them that opportunity, when you're getting involved, you are giving them a serious message that they will never forget. So fulfill your call. Imitate Jesus. Do what you were made to do. Commit to those things. Enjoy the benefits of it and let other people see it because it will be a great blessing. But if we simply come and check in and check out, that message uh, will not be successful. Number eight, why be involved? It puts your treasures in heaven. Matthew chapter six. Jesus says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. As you start checking out that box, you're gonna put some things of value, your time, your energy, your effort. Think about every box you're checking as some other way to put treasures that you have into heaven because I'm going to live now for something that lasts beyond today number nine I want you to be involved because our time is limited how much time do you have left
our time, our opportunity to give is less than it has ever been and it is running out for all of us. Jesus put it this way in John chapter 9 verse 4. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day, night is coming when no one can work. Been with a lot of people at the end of their life, those that have seen it coming, those that have thought about it and realized that, look, this is the end of my life is about to be here. Very few people sit there at the end of their life and wish that they had just spent a little bit more money, wish they'd gone on more vacations, wish they'd just spent more time alone, wish they'd spent more time based on themselves, but they're thinking about what did I do that really mattered. When you're involved, you're spending your time and your energy and your efforts on things that really, really matter. Revelation 14 verse 13 is a verse that I love when I can share this at somebody's funeral. When everybody that gathers around says this is what she was about, this describes him to a T. He says, I heard a voice from heaven saying, write this, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on, blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors for their deeds follow them. It's a beautiful declaration. It's one that can give great, uh, give great peace, give great hope as well. And it's just a principle of life that look, what we have done, whatever we sow is what we're gonna reap. And as you think about your life, you think about your involvement. Our deeds will follow us. Are you involved in such a way that they can say he or she was fully given to the work of God? Ecclesiastes 12 verses 13 and 14 is another one that we see as Solomon had searched for all the different purposes. He had done all the chasing and he gets to the end of the matter and he says, all has been heard. This is what we're called on to do. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. And then verse 14, listen to it. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. Fear God, keep his commandments. That's what life is all about. And he says, look, this is the reminder. God's gonna judge everything that you do. Have you ever thought about all your good deeds being there on judgment? He's gonna sit there and look at them and say, look, this is what they were involved in. This is where their time went. This is where their money went. This is what they did. He's gonna look at all those good things. And it's not that he's piling them up, seeing if there's enough to tip it over. Jesus has already paid the price. But you know what those good things are gonna show? Where your faith was. We have grace through faith. A person of faith says, look, I believe that what is eternal is more important than what is temporary. What God wants is more important than what the world's selling. I'm gonna give my time and effort to him because that's gonna bring me my purpose, my fulfillment, and my joy. And as we sit there on judgment day, he's gonna say, you know what? They either got it and they believed it or they didn't based on the things that he looks at in our lives. Last reason I would give you to be involved this morning comes from Matthew chapter 25. And I'd say be involved because God's coming back with a question. Jesus is at the end of his ministry. He's in the last week of his life and he's wanting to tell people, look, I want you to understand that all these different things that are happening are gonna have eternal consequences. And he tells a story. 
just gives a parable. He says, look, there's a master, and he's taken off to a far country. They don't know when he's going to come back, but he comes to one servant, and he gives him five talents. He gives another servant two talents, and he gives another one talent. Talent here is an amount of money, a large sum of money. About 70 pounds or so is what you're looking at a talent. So if this was gold, silver, you're talking about a pile of money. And he says, look, here's all of this wealth. Here's something of value I've given you. And he says he goes into a far country. And those three individuals have something to do. They have a decision to make with what they have that is of value in this world. One guy gets to work. Another guy gets to work. The third guy gets scared, takes the money, digs a hole, and buries it. Jesus tells the story because he wants us to know that the master is coming back. The master comes back and he says, hey, five-talent man, what did you do? He says, well, you gave me five talents and I went and worked with it and here's five more. I've doubled your money. And he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of your Lord. Come on in. The servant with two talents, he says, what did you do with it? And he says, well, I, I took the two talents and I doubled it. I made two more talents. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. Come on in. And he goes to the one talent man. And he says, okay, what'd you do with what I gave you? And he just says, well, I know you're a hard man. You're always looking for a return. You would reap in fields where you didn't even plant. You always were getting a return in everything that you did. So I simply got scared and I hid my talent in the ground. Here is what you gave me. Jesus tells us that the master's coming back and he's going to look and he's going to ask us a question. What have you done with the things of value that I've given to you? What have you done with your money? What have you done with your time? What have you done with your energy? Have you done anything to give back to the master? Well, when you make a decision to be involved, that's exactly what you're doing. The question is going to be asked of you and it's going to be asked of me one day. God's going to come and he's going to say, okay, what did you do with the things of value that I gave you? And every one of us are going to give an answer. And within the story, you see the two answers. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of your Lord. Or you see the words that he gives to this wicked and slothful servant. Verse 26 says, his master answered him. You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I haven't sown and I gather where I've scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the 10 talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have an abundance. But the one who has not even what he has will be taken away. Cast the worthless servant into outer darkness in the place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Matthew chapter 25, Jesus tells the story and he doesn't tell it with a good ending. Why did he do that? Why did he not end that with the well done, good and faithful servant? Because he wanted to give us a warning. He wanted to give us a focus. He wanted us to realize what our purpose was. Our purpose is to be involved in God's work in making a difference in this world and letting our light shine and let going out and being the salt of the earth. You know what he knew? If you're not involved, you're gonna miss out on joy. If you're not involved, you're gonna miss out on what true greatness is about. If you're not involved, 
Other people are going to look at your life and say, well, they say this, but I'm watching. They're not really, they don't really believe it. If you're not involved, they're seeing you chasing everything else instead of being what God's called you to be. When we fail to be involved, what happens? We get lost in this world and it leads to being lost in the next. But when we say, look, God, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to step out and I'm going to see what I can do. Some of you this morning, I want to challenge you to just say, hey, I'm going to step up and do that. This is totally new to me, totally out of my comfort zone. You know what we want to do? We want to help you to get comfortable with it. Go ahead and decide, look, these are some things that look, whenever this event comes up, that's what I'm going to give myself to. I'm going to do it. Why? Because I just want to walk in faith. And what I see is God has told me I'll be blessed when I do these things. God's going to bless me with new interactions with Christians that are here at Southgate. God's going to bless me with the ability to see him work in a greater way than I have up to this point. God's going to give me more joy. Even though this isn't something that's in my current realm, he's going to bless me. And I believe that he wants to give me more than I could ever give to him. It is a walk of faith to say, look, I'm going to step up and be more involved. And I hope that you want to do that this morning. God is so good to us. He wants to bless us. That's why he's given us all these great reasons. And I hope each one of us will answer that call this morning. Uh, this morning as we close, we always want to offer the Lord's invitation to us. He is always calling us to come to walk in a closer way with him. And maybe you need that as well. Uh, maybe you're needing to turn away from sin and come back to the Lord. And you're a Christian. Maybe you're not a Christian and you're ready to do that. Got a number of Bible studies that are going on right now. with people are saying, I'm trying to figure out what God's word is about and what I need to do. Maybe you're ready to do that today. Maybe you just say, hey, I want to be a part of that as well. Whatever you need to do in walking closer to God, we want to help you in doing that. We invite you to come as we stand.